0: The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org.
1: In this journey of faith, each and every one of us is called to a unique and original adventure. We each have our own footprints we are called to leave upon this earth. The scriptures make clear that every story of faith is completely original. Each calling is unique. The great writer is writing a story with our lives, a story that ties into His good story. May we discover a vision for our lives that unlocks that true and unique purpose to which we've been placed upon this earth to walk in. May we get onto our hearts what God has on His. May we all discover our calling.
0: Good morning, Hope Hill. It's good to be with you this morning. It brings great joy to my heart when I get the opportunity to bring God's Word. So as we dive in, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we ask that you would flood this place, that you would flood the rooms, you would flood their cars, (laughs) not with real rain, but I pray the Spirit of God would fall heavy on the hearts that are listening. Father, I know that you have every year, whether it's two people listening or 2,000, Father, your name will be made great anytime we look at your word, because you are greatly and great to be praised. So, Lord, we thank you that we get this privilege to bring God's word forth. And I pray that it not be me. I pray that we would look at your word and that you would be the surgeon that you are. As Hebrews tells us, you cut and divide right into the heart, Lord, so that you would take this word. You would send it forth into the hearts that need to hear it. Father, as as I was preparing this lesson, you're speaking to me and just ringing my bell. My head is going pounding crazy of what you've called me to next. So Father, I pray as we hear that first question we ask is, what do you have for us, Lord? We've come hungry, we've come ready, so may we listen and learn and grow from it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. I want to share some news with you. This, this past couple years have been, uh, four or five years have been great. I've learned so much. I am grateful Beyond, I can't even, I don't even know how to say that. I'm just so grateful that I've had this opportunity to serve uh, you guys and serve alongside uh, this pastoral staff and team here that we get to link arms and do ministry together. But I had to acknowledge the fact that John has been preaching about God's calling and what is God calling you to do? And he's calling me to do things. He's calling our families to do things. And sometimes it's not giant things. Sometimes it's little obedient, small things. And when we are obedient to what God calls us to, his name is exemplified. His name looks great to those around us. And so as we dig into this passage, I'm going to be looking in Judges uh, this morning talking about an ordinary dude, just like me, just like you. Nothing special, but let's dig in. Turn with me to Judges chapter 6. We are going to look at Gideon and uh, how the Lord calls different folks and in the book of Judges, these were judges that were lined up. And uh, we are just leaving chapter 5, which Deborah uh, was the judge at the time. And uh, ending that chapter, when I read that verse, it just starts us with, So may all your enemies perish, O Lord. But may they who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace for 40 years. Peace for 40 years. Now we jump right into chapter 6. There's a big gap. And it starts out again. Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Man, what a transition, right? Man, that's a smack in the face like you've never seen before, right? Again. Again, and we see a history of the Israelites up, down, up, down, like they're in gym class, you know, doing these things. And over and over we fall. And God wants us to repent and turn and see. But the Lord uses this amazing, ordinary dude named Gideon. And we're going we're gonna to skip down a little bit. As a, a long couple of chapters, I want to go through. I'm going to go through six through eight, so we're going to skip a little bit and go dive right, dive right in. But I want to encourage you if you've never read the story about Gideon, make it that priority this week that you would go back and read six, seven, and eight of Judges. And I really believe God will move and speak to your heart. Never, never take what I say, Pastor John, any person preaching. It doesn't matter if you're big and famous, such as Billy Graham or someone like that. Always test it back to the scripture and see what they're saying lines up with God's word. Let's dive right in. I want you to look at Judges 6, chapter 6, verse 11. It says this, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree of I'm gonna say the name wrong. It's not Oprah, it's (laughs) Orphrah. That belong to Joash. So we see when again and again, we see the Israelites in this situation where again they've gone back to their old selves, back doing evil. After being in peace for 40 years, Now we're in this situation where we're seeing the strongholds rise, sin come in, and destroy. And the power of the Midianites have been coming in and uh, making them be treated like slaves, that they're cowarding and running. And that's where we start, where I'm going to start today, is in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the big oak tree, the big tree that he comes and talks to. Kideon, the angel of the Lord. Whenever we see angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, that's like a a pre-Jesus. And Jesus coming in, and we see that several different places where the angel of the Lord sits in. And here he speaks to him. If you look at it in my Bible, I wrote in verse 11 was the first time. We're going to see that over and over and count how many times this interaction is with Gideon. But the angel of the Lord comes in and sits down and talks to him and he finds him, Gideon. And the latter part of verse 11, And Gideon was threshing the wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, Lord, the Lord is with you. Mighty warrior. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. And this is what he said The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, Gideon, mighty warrior. Man, if someone came up to me and said, Gary, you're a mighty warrior. Gary, you're an amazing godly man. Gary, you are an amazing warrior. Gary, you are an amazing father. And that that, kind of like brighten your day, right? Here, Gideon has to take a thought. And if you can picture Gideon in this place, I, I have these weeds, (laughs) weeds, <laughs> right? Uh, this is the best thing I could get to to make some wheat. And Gideon is hiding in these caves. He's hiding, and not just hiding in a cave, but now he's in a wine press. That's an enclosed thing where they put grapes in there. They're squishing them to make wine. When you thresh the wheat, you're supposed to be on top of a hill. You're supposed to be Out there when the wind is blowing, it's blowing that out and keeping uh, the seeds as the shaft and all that goes away. But because he's a coward, because he's an ordinary man, he's hiding because he's scared of the Midianites. And if you go back and read chapter six, you see as we didn't have time to dig through all that. But but these guys have come in and they're taking the things that they have and and they they just take it all. So he's hiding from it. And as he's doing this, he's he's going there and saying, mighty warrior? What? What are you talking about? And he says in verse 13, but sir, he replied, if you are the Lord and the Lord is with us, if you are him, if this is really what you're talking about, come on now, he says, why Has all this happened? Why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders? And where are all the things our father told us about? When they said these things, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of the Midianites. What is up with that? I feel like this passage of scripture has been really hitting my heart this week. As uh, Pastor John asked me to preach, and um, we've already talked about doing one through this series, and this is the same passage of scripture that God sent me here from Texas. And it's amazing how I looked at it then and how I'm reading it now God is, uses his word to speak to our hearts at different times, in different ways, and it is like so new and so fresh. And Anytime we come to the word of God, it should be our heart to say, Lord, open up our eyes, open up our hearts, that we can understand your word and that it would speak to us. So as Gideon is hearing this and he's receiving this from the angel of the Lord, He's, he's kind of complaining. He's like, if this is really who you say you are, then what's going on here? Where, where were you at and where have you been? I really feel like things are struggling here. Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Minian's hand. Am I not sending you? Go, Gideon, go. He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He doesn't change who we are to give us more hair or make us look like we're suave or whatever, but he equips, the Lord equips those who he calls. As you heard John say several times throughout the last couple weeks, sometimes it's, it's the fact that we think, oh, I'm not called to do that, but it's when we're obedient to follow the call, then we see how God equips us, and we're able to walk in that. So as we continue to look at this passage, I want us to see the extraordinary things, but Gideon, and if we're to be honest, we're a lot like Gideon, where we don't we don't. We hear that, and it goes in one ear and out the other. It doesn't really set inside. But I want to encourage us that we would really dive in and see what's about to happen here in this passage. He says, Lord, that's great, and I see that you're sending me, but are you really sure you're sending me? And then he continues to say, but Lord, Gideon is asking this. How can you save... Uh, you're using me to save the Israelites? How, how is that possible? My clan is the weakest and not just the weakest in Manasseh's, but he says in verse 15, I am the least of my family. When you look at my family, I feel that way too. My brother's the good looking guy with all the hair and tall and I'm the short runt, that little half pint. And my sisters are even bigger and stronger and more athletic and more pretty than I am and I'm some cheese ball, right? But you know what? If God can use me, he can use you. If God can use Balaam's donkey to speak, why can he not use you? Why can he not use me? And the amazing thing is, is he's not looking for the big, beautiful people. He's looking for ordinary folks to use his hand and I have another story another time but he's looking to a crow to and fro across the land to see who he can pour his spirit out upon and when we are obedient when we see that God has created us for a purpose, that's point one, that God has created us for a purpose. And he knows everything about us, even in that state of being an ordinary person, that God had a plan and a purpose and created Gideon for that purpose. And the purpose is about to be unfolded. He says, I've called you to be a mighty warrior. And a mighty warrior is where he's saying, this is who you are going to be. You're going to be a mighty warrior. It's time for you to put down the wheat. I've called you to be a general. I've called you to do something great. Now we have two options to believe that and hear that and walk in that or continue to grab the wheat and hide in the threshing floor of the the wine press and, and hiding in that place where we're afraid when we are obedient, as John was teaching last week, it wasn't until they took the first step when the water opened up from the Jordan. God is asking us to take that step. He's asking Gideon to see that God has called him to be great. And he did not call Gideon by himself. He said, I will equip you. I will give you what you need. And I love this. He says, you know, just go and he says, When you go, I want you to go in the strength you have. He didn't then give him some uh you know Spider-Man skills. He said, I will give you the skills as you continue to walk. And I will make you into that person that you need to be. And as Gideon was taking that purpose that God had for him, he was seeing God's promises and his a power being manifested in his life as he continues to walk in those steps. He sees that God is making him a mighty warrior, a general, but at first takes that first step. And the first step, even though he's saying, I'm the weakest, the Lord says in verse 16, Lord answers him and says, I will be with you. He says it several times. He says, I will be with you, Gideon, and you will be able to strike them down. Together, with the Midianites will be gone. Gideon goes through this process of seeking out the Lord and asking what's next. And as he does this, it's the question to see the Lord promises his presence and power. The Lord promises that he's present in our situations when we call and we, we hear the call and when we are obedient to walk in that call, that he is present and we will see his promises full of power. And I promise you, when you are obedient, just as I was obedient to come from Texas, to come here and be obedient to the call, there were some things that were a little struggling. There were some issues that happened. But in the midst of it all, God was faithful. And he did every single thing as he purposed in his heart. I remember even our truck breaking down the day before we were supposed to roll out. Had it all packed up and I rolled down the end of the street and wouldn't even the brakes wouldn't work. I had to call a crew of people again to come help me unload it and load it again to find out that they're telling me they don't have a truck. But through getting on my knees and praying and seeking the Lord, within 30 minutes we have another truck show up. I believe when God calls you, no matter what happens, when you are obedient to walk in those steps, God is faithful to show you his power. He is faithful to be present in those times. And just as he did here, we see that the Lord will fulfill his purposes. In Psalms 138, I want to read this verse. The Lord will fulfill his purposes in me, O Lord. Your loving devotion endures forever. Peter, now uh, we see in 4.11, it says this, If anyone serves, he should do so with the strength God provides. When Gideon was told to go, and his, his response was, Are you sure? Are you sure? He said, right? I'm the weakest. And he says, Go, in your strength you have and I'm sure as he continued to take those steps, he sees that strength that he didn't know was there and God continued to prove to him his faithfulness and his goodness as he took care of him as he was obedient to follow in those steps. So the Lord is requiring us, no matter who comes against us, that you know we first have to acknowledge that we need his help. We can't do it. But before he can be successful, listen to what he says to him. He says, yes, I want you to be obedient. I want you to see my power. I want you to see the presence of God in your life. But first, we need to fix some things. Sometimes we need to clean out the house. Uh, Sometimes we need to get some things moved away before we can get a different look. And look what he says in verse 25 of chapter 6. The same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd and then one seven-year-old. Tear down your father's altars to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it and then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height. Maybe some of that issue, I'm not sure if I'm good enough. I'm not sure if I have what it takes. Is because there's things that need to be cut down. Maybe there's things in your life that are are flooding you right now that you can't even think about. Maybe it's it's not just uh, the stress of work. Maybe it's not the, even Corona, but maybe it's it's porn. Maybe it's the fact that um, I'm just struggling in my marriage right now because. Just this, this time I'm around my family. You know, my wife and I are just at the point of, man, I'm not sure if we're going to make it. Getting under each other's skin. Whatever that stronghold is in your life that is on a high place that is consuming you. Maybe you're gorging yourself in Netflix or or this time that you are engaged in these things. But whatever it may be, The question here to Gideon is take this down. If you want, you're still struggling to see that you are that mighty warrior, then let's do some self-examination. As David said, create in me, O God, a clean heart. Isaiah says to wash your hands, sinners, make it clean we need to be at that place where we have clean hands before the lord and sometimes that means we need to look at not just us but he says take your father's idols down maybe you're still walking in sin of your fathers i hear some some students sometimes say you don't understand i don't have a dad i didn't have someone to teach me that well enough you have a heavenly father and he has called you to be something great. He has called you to be a mighty warrior and it's time that we walk in that and we realize who we are. Listen to who you are if you are a believer. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You are God's special possession. He called you to be a child of the king. You are that. You have been given a first class ticket at the banqueting table of the Messiah, the King. We have that right to be boldly to go to the throne of grace and we have gain and full access to that Lord Jesus Christ. Because he shed his blood for you and me and we've been bought with the precious blood of the Lamb. So therefore, we can boldly come to him. And listen to this. It goes on to say that we are God's special possession, that that we may declare the praises of him who called you and me out of darkness and into the marvelous light. That's who you are. When we realize that there's issues and the sin and those things, we don't see our identity. We see our identities wrapped up in, in, in I'm just struggling, I'm depressed, I'm discouraged, I'm nothing. That's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. And he says, you are more than a conqueror. He says, he will begin a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So Gideon I have something for you. I have something great for you. You are a mighty warrior. I don't remember what pastor it was, but but it was. I love their show because it says, "God, you are destined for greatness." And um, several people say things along those lines. But God has something great for you. I was out to uh, coffee with a student this week, and this student is just ordinary. But when I see Jesus in this student, man, he becomes extraordinary. Man, we were sitting there having coffee and he goes, Gary, we need to pray for that lady. Man, Gary, I really feel God is calling me to give her some money. And it wasn't just a dollar. Shoot, it wasn't even just $20. And he just pulls out 20 after 20 after 20. And he says, God really put this on my heart. After we prayed for her, and she said her student, her son is having some issues. And and this student told me, he goes, Gary, I feel feel like this could help them. God didn't call him to go be a pastor and go save 4,000 people, but God called him to stop what he was doing, to stop drinking his coffee drink that's the Red Dragon or whatever it was he was drinking at the time, and to say, have on the eyeballs of Jesus and see that lady right there. And that student zeroes into the heart of the father and puts me on hold and says, let's go dress this. As we began to do that, I seen this ordinary dude turn into something extraordinary because he had the power of the Lord all over him. And that's what we're about to see with Gideon. He was this young man that God said, I have something for you before you can do that. You need to be in God's word. You need to tear these things down. As I've been pouring into this student and telling him, you need, if you want to see God in your life, get into this book. And he told me, man, I've been just reading through this and and this is, I said, man, this is great because do you know, I'm actually gonna teach out of Gideon this week. As we were talking about that, you know who you are, buddy, and I'm proud of you. And it blesses my heart that you love the Lord and other people see that in you. And I'm not going to give a shout out to him because I want his name to be blasted all over heaven. But I am proud of you and God is proud of you as well. Continue to be faithful as you are. Anyway, we continue to look at this passage of Scripture and and to see God do amazing things through Gideon. But first, it came with the cost of him saying, I have to fix things. And if I have to fix things, it's going to come with me doing something. It's going to come with me saying, I cannot continue to fight my battles and be victorious if I keep holding hands with the enemy. If I want to be victorious, if I want to continue to to see God move, I must tear down these idols. If I want to be victorious, I need to stop holding hands with the enemy. And if I am holding hands with the enemy, that means if I need to take my phone, disconnect it, if I have to throw it away, if I have to do something along those lines to get sin out of my way, then smash it. If that means I need to make work my idol, no longer stop traveling and cheating on my wife, then you need to do that. If it's I need to do this or that, whatever it may be, if I just need to cut up the credit cards because I've got 25 credits and I'm in this much debt and I'm afraid to even think about what's next. Whatever it is the Lord is speaking to your heart about, he's calling you to do something. And we sometimes as Christians, like, I don't know what God's calling. You do. And if you don't know, then seek the Father who does. And he says, when you seek me first, he will give everything else unto you. He will. And in this season, we've been praying for a long time, for the last two years, God, what is it that you have for us? Do you have us? family the cousins family are we to church plant are we are we to uh, just do something different are we to stay here our heart has been to, to go back to Texas for a long time because Angela's dad has not been doing well his his uh, stepdad has been having some heart issues and uh, actually this week he was in the hospital again so we've just been praying that God would orchestrate uh, what's next for us And we feel like through this time, through this season, we have been in COVID. I feel like God has been cleaning my house. I feel like I've been tearing things down to say, Lord, what is in the way? What walls need to come down that I need to be more in tune with you? What things are in the way? If you heard uh, in the last little video I did, I had a coffee cup in the way. Sometimes we need a, a visual thing. What is in the way that needs to be removed? What boundaries are we needing to put up? What things are we needing to tear down so we can hear the voice of the Lord? Because he is always speaking And he is waiting for us to hear. He knocks, he says in Revelation, he says, I knock at the door. I'm waiting for you to come in. I want you to hear my voice. The shepherd has a clear voice. And if we, his sheep, would listen, we would be still and know him. What is he trying to say to you today? We know first that he's created you with a purpose. We know second that he has precious promises that he wants for us and and he wants us to walk in the power of God. If we look at 1 Peter uh, 4.11, we see that that when we do something, we shouldn't do it in our own ability because he says that right there in 1 Peter, don't do it in your own strength, but do it in the strength God provides God provides it. Too many of us Christians, too many of us pastors, we just do la-di-da because we can do it. We can pull it out of our pocket. Oh yeah, you want me to, yeah, John three sixteen for God's sake, we we just throw it out there. But when we are in the presence of God, when he floods us and then we see that the glory of the Lord is upon them and we're shining with radiance because the glory of the Lord is upon us. And you see those kind of Christians, you're like, dude, did you see that guy? When I was with coffee the other day, that lady said, wow, there is something different about that young man. And are we being that example? Are we being that example to make Christ look great? Letting our light shine before men. It goes on to say, as he says, okay, Lord, we realize we need to tear these things down. And as he tears these things down, as he's taking that step of obedience and saying, I'm seeing the things that need to be removed and we remove them, God floods in, God rushes in and he does these new things. He builds these new altars and he does these things, but there's a little bit of struggle in Gideon's heart because he's still a little coward, a little timid at times. He goes and does it at night. But even in then, God will be your strength. He will help you. He will enable you. Sometimes Gideon is known as the guy that throws out fleeces and he does these things over and over and saying, Lord, are you sure still? When I came here, I was asking that question. Are you sure, Lord? I was really weighing the fact. Are you really calling me into full-time ministry? I've only been a part-time pastor for the last you know, 15 years. I was by vocational. Are you sure you want me to be full-time ministry? You know, I make a great salary. Are you sure you want me to get rid of my boat? Are you sure? Because I use it for the Lord. But God said, yes, Lord. Yes. He said, loud, loud and clear. Gary, yes, this is from the Lord. I want you to get rid of the boat. I remember praying, Lord, as I was in the process, Angela and I, to buy a big boat. And I said, Lord, if you want me to go to Virginia when we get back home I want the first thing my wife to say is we don't need the boat I just need to know that I need to hear you Lord and sure enough first thing she says she wasn't with me I walk in the door and she goes Gary I've been thinking a lot about it and praying about it we don't need to buy the boat I was like Lord Actually, I was like, are you sure? Let me go back outside and come back in is what I wanted to say, right? But when God calls you and we're obedient and we see these things that are in the way and I've been uh, keeping my eyes since I've been here on the Lord. We got here. I needed a car. I could just go through this whole season of needing a car and crying out, Lord, I don't know how we're going to be able to afford the things here. And we were blessed with a nice car a loving family that is amazing, just Christ-centered family that gave us a car. We used it for, I think, about a year on their dime. Man, what generosity and how the Lord took care of us until we could get on our feet and do the things that we were doing. Man, and every year, God has been nothing but faithful. I could just go through this whole lesson of God's goodness because we were obedient to follow the call. We were obedient to be commanded to go and we went and we went happily. We went with a great attitude. We went as a cheerful giver saying, yes, Lord, here we are. Send me. I am going. I didn't go with, are you sure? That was before I went. And now we're here and I'm seeing the goodness of the Lord. And as we see the goodness of the Lord, we know that he is faithful and he is just and he is right all the time. And he never lets us down. We see when we walk in his obedience that he is faithful in all that he does. Just as he was faithful in Gideon's life and the Lord was faithful back to him and bringing uh, the victory against the Mennonites and against these different armies. And as they came against them, there were several times that they came against them. Listen to uh, 30. I want to read this verse real quick. 33. It says, and all the Mennonites and the Amalite, I mean, I can't even say that word right, but you, you guys are with me, help me out here. Um, If you're reading chapter six, verse 33, the And the Mennonites and the Amalekites and the other eastern people joined forces. There was this giant army across over the Jordan and they camped in the valley of Jezreel. And then something happened. Something happened, man. Check this out. Verse 34, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew his trumpet Man, when we are in the presence of God, man, you just will be excited because the Lord will give you the strength that you can't explain. And you'll be able to blow that trumpet as loud as you can because the Holy Spirit will rise up in you and you will have the energy that you need. You will have the strength that you need. You will have the wisdom that you need. And His His word will come out of your mouth when you are in those moments. The Holy Spirit will flood you and give you the things that you need. And even as you do these things, even as... You are in the situation where you are in Corona. Even as I was sitting at that coffee shop and I told that young man, I said, hold on a minute. We need to pray for this lady. God has just really put that heavy on my heart. And he said, yeah, Gary, that's a great idea because I was really feeling like we should do something too. And when we are in harmony with the Lord man, God does great things extraordinary things through ordinary people just like you and me and so as we see these things and we see the lord do this thing and the spirit of the lord came upon him and it says this he blew his trumpet are we are we blowing our trumpet and praising god because as if we're going to boast we need to boast in the name of the lord our god listen to this it says this we need to do this loud and clear. This is Jeremiah 29. I'm reading through Jeremiah, my own devotions, but it says, this is what the Lord says in Jeremiah nine twenty-three. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom and the strong boast in their strength and the rich boast in their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this. This is what they should boast about. You ready? That they would have understanding to know me that I am the Lord. To understand He is the Lord, we need to be daily in this book. To understand that He is the Lord and He is great and mighty, we need to be in this book. To understand I, I am not defeated, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, it comes through this book. And to know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, it comes through this book. For me to know that I am a child of the king and that he gave me the right to become a child, it comes from this book. It comes from the place when I am on my knees, when I am spending time in the presence of God and just to be in the door crack of his place is better than a thousand elsewhere, the scripture says. I would rather be there. Is that a heart? Is a heart to be in the presence of God? is our heart to spend time with him. And when we are like that, then we are filled up and the spirit of the Lord will come upon us so that we can go places and we can do things in his might. It says this, not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the Lord, right? Not by might, but by the power and the spirit of the Lord. When we go in those things, it says in Zechariah 4, 6, that when we go in that, route we can't do anything but what god has called us to do and i've been praying for this last two years as i've been saying that throughout this lesson that what does god have next for us we've been praying is it to go back and really feeling like this is the time for us to go back we've been offered a a job back home in texas and we have taken it we announced this week to the leadership team But we are excited to be called to something, not just to go back because of family. That was on my wife's heart. You know, Gary is is not doing well. That's my stepdad or stepfather-in-law. But God orchestrated that we would have one place, the baton left here, and move to another where God would move it without a skip and a beat. And we really believe that we've been laboring this in prayer. And when you take time to listen, he will be speaking loud as you can. And I was praying again, Lord, make this unanimous. Make this unanimous that everybody would be at peace on every front. And as the church called me Monday night this week, they said, Gary, the pastor's been in ministry for 28 years. And he goes, Gary... I have never seen a youth pastor calling uh, and have a unanimous vote. I said, that's exactly what I've been praying. And that's exactly what happened in my own family. My whole family is united saying, dad, we're going to miss you here. We have great friends here. But they're like, God, I know that God is doing something, dad. And we want to be obedient and follow him. Wow, that's just, God's moving and we need to be obedient and see his might and his power. We need to walk in that. And just as we walk in that, I know God is faithful to take care of Hope Hill. God is faithful to lead and surround you guys with the men and women that God has put here. And will continue to be faithful in that because he promises that he will begin a good work. He began it. will be faithful to complete it. And he will be faithful to carry it out until the day of Christ and completion. And so as we we see that and we hear that, it reminds us this last part, that the glory of the Lord should be our focus. And just as Gideon's seen the hand of the Lord, like I said, we're not gonna go through this whole passage but we're going to see his hand as even God breaks down. He says, you have 22,000 people. That's too many. I want you just to say, if anybody's afraid just to have them go home, 10,000 go home because they were afraid to fight. And he goes down and breaks down the army to where there's just 300 left. And I want you to go back and read and find why there's only 300. And this is where the movie came from. Just kidding. But I think actually it should be made into a movie. It'd be much better. Couldn't you imagine Yeah, right? Yeah, I think it would be awesome. So anyway, we'd get those uh, abs kind of ripped in there like in the movie too. That would be, I would be down with that. So that would be cool. But anyway, let's let's stick back on the passage here. That was a little extra from Gary. But when we see God do something, he makes it all about him. It's not about 22,000. Gideon... Let's go back to the beginning where you were doubting that you are a mighty warrior. I want you to see that I am the ultimate general and I am speaking to you and telling you to go and I will empower you and I will send you with that power and that might will be upon you and you will be successful. They were successful. The 300 of them, they divided their army in 100 groups And Gideon took his group and he he took it around to them. And let's look at that in chapter 7, verse 22. I want to read it. It says this. Then 300 trumpets sounded. And the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. And the army fled their own army, because they blew their trumpets, they had these these glass jars, they threw them down, and in that moment, it just caused chaos, and they didn't know what hit them. But let me tell you what hit them was the Lord God hit them, and he did their fighting. What does the scripture say? Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. God will have his vengeance, says the Lord. We don't need to do any fighting at times. We need to hold our peace. Gideon in that chapter tells him to to hold his peace, tells him to be ready and to see the Lord move in this mighty way. Gideon is a victorious general, a mighty warrior and bringing peace upon the land for 40 years. God is faithful and brings peace there. The last point, again, the Lord's glory is where our focus should totally be. It's not about us. And Gideon, at this point, he does not take the credit. He does not realize it is him. He is not the rock star saying, look at me, just like you see in the NBA and NFL and all these different abilities where these guys are all about me and look at me and the the touchdown dances. It's not about us. And if we're going to boast in anything, the scripture says we need to boast in the name of the Lord, my God. Paul says, I count everything loss compared to knowing the greatness of God. The surpassing greatness of God is through him. And I consider everything else rubbish, trash, dumb pile, poop pile is what he's saying compared to knowing Christ. Let our boast be upon the name of the Lord. And listen to how he ends this. He says, I want my focus to not be about me, but to be reflected upon the glory of God. I I love how John Piper says this. We are most satisfied in him. I'm sorry, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And when we are walking in him, then the glory of the Lord, we will be radiant and people will see The glory of the Lord upon us because we are focused on him. Ordinary people turned into something extraordinary as we walk in obedience, as we walk in the call that God has called us to. This is what happens. Gideon takes these things, he, he has this fight, he has that struggle, he has the issues where he's doubting, but yet he sees God be amazing in these things. He's victorious. And now as he's blowing his trumpet, loud and proud that God is his glory, God is who he praises, and there's times when he stops and bows before the Lord Listen, chapter 8, verse 22, the Israelites said to Gideon, I'm going to, I'm going to go back a little bit in, in verse 21. It says, so Gideon stepped forward and killed them. He took them out. Remember, this is where we just left and he took their ornaments off the camel's necks. He did all these things to kind of hang it down that he's done. I've done this. Then the Israelites said to Gideon, Rule over us, you, your sons, your grandsons, because you have saved us out of the hand of Midian. But, verse 23. I love it. I love it because this is a humble heart. This is who the Lord is looking for. Someone who is humble and broken before the Lord. But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. It's not about us. It's not about me. At the end of the day, that young man at the coffee shop didn't walk out and go, look what I just did. If anything, he just said, hey, I got to go, Pastor Gary, uh, I need to get something for my mom. Didn't give two cents, didn't ask for a pat on the back. He was obedient, God blessed, and he multiplied that and used that for this family in ways that we don't understand or know. Just like God wants to do something in your life. Just like God has called us to that next step. And as we take that next step, we ask as a family that you would pray for us. We we are coming back here. Obviously, my brother John lives here. You know that. <laughs> we'll be back to visit. We feel like you guys have been a, a wonderful family to us. You've adopted us in and, and we are grateful for that. And we can't wait to do ministry together again. Pray for us as we go. Pray for us as we take this season to really be close to Angela's family that is in need right now. That God will use us in ways that we don't even see yet. A year ago, you guys sent us out. Actually, the church really gifted us uh, the means to get down there. We couldn't afford both of us to go. But God provided for that. And we were able to go down there and through that weekend, my father-in-law came to know Jesus. So now we're being obedient. We're receiving the call. We're being obedient. We're putting the call to practice, taking that step forward as God is commissioning us to go. Thank you so much, Hope Hill, for all the heartfelt love you've given our family. Thank you, Hope Hill Church, for all the care and support and prayer you've labored over our family. We have felt so blessed to be a part of Hope Hill and continue to look and see what the Lord is going to do in the future. But I want to end with these thoughts. If God has called us, he will equip us. God calls those who are just ordinary and he wants us to be extraordinary and to do extraordinary things. And how can we do that? We do that by walking in his glory seeing his power and his might may we do that may we be that church that goes forward and speaks truth with boldness thank you and god bless may we may we do that may we be that church that god has called us to be may we be the hands and feet of christ as we go into our jobs As we go into our neighborhoods and we hear the call, maybe it's something small as you're at the cash register. Maybe it's being obedient to hear that I need to pray for this lady. Maybe it's that I need to be responsive and and just offer prayer for my doctor. Whatever it may be, and the people you come in contact with, God is aware of all of it. Every single thing. And how we respond Let us have an open ear to what the Lord has. And when we are obedient, He will do nothing but fill us, equip us, and then in turn we can go and carry out the work of the Lord. Are you going to be a Gideon at the beginning, just a farmer? Or are you going to hear the word mighty warrior and God has called you to be a mighty warrior be a mighty warrior. That is our challenge today. Are you that mighty warrior? You are that mighty warrior. Remember who you are. You are Christ. The risen King has called you to be a children, a child of the King, whether you are a male or a female. He says, I have called you and have great plans for you to be my mighty warrior. Thank you. I want to end on this note. We can see how Gideon was just a farmer hiding in the cave threshing wheat and he can't even do its job as he's down there as a coward and we hear the voice of the Lord through the angel of the Lord saying Gideon mighty warrior is it going to be mighty warrior Or is it going to stay in the same stagnant place? What is it for you? What is God calling for you to do? Because I guarantee it's not to stay in a hiding cave mildewy and stinky, but it's time to come out. It's time to let that stuff go that is in your hand. It's time to put those things down and to say, Yes, Lord, I will be a mighty warrior. I will be victorious because through Jesus Christ, though he rose from the dead, I too have been risen. The same power that lives in him lives in me and lives in you. Let us be mighty warriors in Jesus' name. Father, we ask we asked all these things in your precious name, that you would move mightily in this place, that you would move mightily in our hearts, you would move mightily as we drive in our cars, if we're even laying in bed listening to this, wherever we are you know what's going on. You know what's the issues that we're dealing with, what you're calling us to, the things that we've been tuning out and closing our ears to, Lord. May you move ahead of us, Father, that we want to be obedient. We want to follow hard after you, Lord. We want to to see that you've created us for a purpose, Lord. We want to see that your promises are precious, and we see that in 1 Peter, Lord, that your precious promises are great, and that they are right now in the presence you want our presence to 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 be manifested in our lives. That it's right now we want to see your power, and that the presence of God will be upon us, just as He was in Gideon's life, and He said the presence of the Lord came upon him. That can come daily when we're in your presence, Father. May we go to that place, but that takes that step of obedience putting those things down that have been a hindrance to us. It says, cast those things off, cut those things off that are, that are weighing us down, throw it off, those things that so easily entangle you. Whatever it is, get rid of it. And only then, once we do that, then the glory of the Lord will be radiant upon us. And then we can walk in that glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name
1: we pray. Amen. Hi, everybody. Uh, We wanted to come to you to let you know that For those of you that just heard the message, you've heard Gary's heart And you've heard his decision, but if you didn't hear the message, you can go back and Listen at any time on the podcast or on the website or on Facebook Uh, But you all just heard that Gary Has been prayerfully seeking after the Lord and his call On his life Um, A number of years ago, four years ago, Gary felt the call To full-time ministry and they thought it was going to be missions work in Haiti, but God led them to be with us for a season. And now that season Gary and are feeling is, is shifting and that God is leading them back towards their home state of Texas. I don't know why Texas, but oh well, <laughs> and as much as this hurts, especially as Gary's brother, um, our hearts are with them. And the, the greatest thing we want is for uh, them to obey whatever God is calling them to do and so as Gary and Ange begin to transition and take the month of August to wrap up ministry here wrap up their house here and get ready to move we're gonna send them off with our blessing and our prayers uh, being grateful for what God has already done through them over the past four years impacting many lives here many of you have been impacted by Gary and Ange and their children and all that they've been doing and and um, they're gonna continue to do great work for God wherever he leads them. And for this next season, it will be back in Blanco or Blanco, Texas. And so I wanted to let you know that uh, our hearts go with Gary. Uh, Gary and his family will forever be in our hearts, of course, as his brother. Uh, This is, is sad, but I'm proud of Gary. I'm proud of the decisions he's been making as the Lord leads him. And so I just want you to know that We as a church are here behind Gary and Ange to support them in this decision. So again, if you wanna hear Gary's specific calling and the words that he shared, please go back and listen to the sermon. But I want you all to hear uh, this from us, that we love them, we're here to support them as they go. So will you pray with me as we pray over Gary? And um, I love you. I love you. Jesus, thank you so much for this time we've had this past four years and we are so grateful for what you are doing in their lives and what you're going to do is you continue to use them as instruments in your hands uh, to continue to share your gospel uh, with the many people who they are going to encounter in this next season. We mm-hmm. pray that you would uh, divinely uh, uh, appoint their steps uh, with the selling of their home, with the buying of a new home, with moving across, back across the country. We also know that you are bringing them back into the lives of, of Gary's father-in-law. We, we are grateful that, uh, that Gary's father-in-law gave his heart to you. Uh, and Gary was a, a, an instrument in that process and that Gary will be able to continue to pour into uh, Gary's father-in-law's life and all that lies ahead. So God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in them and through them and we know that you have a plan for Hope Hill Church, mm-hmm. and we look to you for your leading and guidance mm-hmm. there. Uh, but right now we pray blessings over Gary and Ange and the family. and We thank you so much that you've given us this time together, and we look forward to hearing great things uh, of you working through them in the next season. Mm-hmm. So, in your name we pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. We'll just share a word or two. Uh, this is hard guys, it's hard to, to leave
0: people you love and, and been supported by, but we are grateful and are excited to, to take this next step as we follow hard after God and uh, He's just really made it apparent this is the direction He wants us to go. And, uh, I just want to assure anyone out there that you, as well as anyone else, we should always be responsive to when God leads, uh, it's yes Lord. Here I am, and I will go. um, The Lord will work out all those crazy details of selling a house to everything else. Uh, Even if it's something small, God will continue to orchestrate that. It's been my honor and privilege to serve uh, alongside my brother, who I've loved dearly. and um, That's hard to leave that, and feeling like uh, I've had uh, a, a wonderful experience here. I've learned so much. Thank you for loving on our family. Thank you for being the the church that you have to us we've have been so loved it's great thank you so much hope hill church and we will strongly uh that's the right way we will miss you guys deeply but excited to see all that god has has out for us and excited and prayerfully we continue to pray for hope hill as god this is god's church and he is in control of everything and I know he will bring um, the right person at the right time for this uh, wonderful body of believers. Thank you guys again for the opportunity to to have grown like I have here and uh, to serve alongside you guys.